Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and fabulous Monday morning, or uh, some may even call it Easter Monday, but I uh, hope everybody is faring well and had a uh, good Easter. I've seen a lot of uh, wonderful uh, pictures of uh, families with their uh, uh, their Easter outfits, uh, still trying to get their uh, uh, family photos in for Easter. Good morning, uh, Debbie and Donna, and uh so I hope everybody is doing well. I apologize for some of these camera angles here. If you're watching online, I'm kind of looking up towards the uh, uh, the uh, social media uh, stream, and uh, I've got over here the website. Really struggling with the with the cameras this morning and uh, trying to get the best angle. It's kind of hard uh, where I have two separate. Uh, 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 cameras uh, to do this properly and uh, so I apologize I'm still trying to work out some of the kinks of streaming live from home and make sure the word gets out to everybody so please bear with me as I work on this and as I'm saying that I just had a really good idea of what I could have done and didn't do but uh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow but anyway um so, I uh, do hope everybody had a good Easter, and uh, yesterday was just, uh, gosh, I, it was such a blessing uh, yesterday, and, uh, you know, I just wasn't expecting uh, the wave of emotions uh, that Dad and I and my mother had uh, had. We went out on the front porch, uh, and everybody started honking their horns. I mean, the parking lot was packed. Hogging the horns, flashing their lights. I tell you what, it just it, it filled me with such great emotion. Uh, I just I was just overcome, and uh, we we were all uh, shedding a tear here and there, and uh, really touched us. We really really miss our church family, miss seeing everybody, and I think everybody misses uh, seeing each other and being together. But at least we were able to be together and in, in that uh, in that way. And I think a lot of people, I tell you, I just felt like I could uh, really feel the Lord's presence uh, yesterday. At church and, and in that parking lot, uh, it was just uh, it's just unbelievable. Hello, Angel. It's just unbelievable uh, how uh, how God's spirit worked. And uh, uh, as Dad was talking about it, you know, church is is beyond brick and mortar uh, that we can come together uh, virtually uh, and be able to still minister. And uh, uh, over uh, WTFM reaches over a hundred thousand people. And in fact, uh, we re I received a message late last night. Uh, that prisoners in Mountain City were listening to yesterday's uh, sir, uh, uh, Easter message. So we were reaching people we didn't even, you know, we didn't even, we weren't even trying to reach. I mean, it was, it was incredible. I mean, we minister at Mountain City, and I, and I thought that was just incredible uh, that these individuals who would probably never ordinarily get to hear uh, the Easter message was able to, and it really ministered to several individuals uh, in there. And so, uh, you know, the Lord worked, you know, I know we didn't go to Freedom Hall, but I'll be honest with you, I think it worked out for the best. I, I know it worked out for the best. I think it was better and was able to reach more people uh, in that way, in that capacity, than we would have if we went to Freedom Hall. So praise God uh, uh, for that, and it worked out the way it did. So Anyway, I do hope everybody had a good day yesterday <clears throat> and that you'll have a great day today. Be careful out there. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm quarantined here at the house. I've not been out, but I've seen several photos of some uh, friends on uh, social media where some roads are flooded. So if you're out and about, uh, be careful, watch it, and uh, don't take any don't take any chances. Uh, let's go ahead, if you will, look in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Let me uh, bring that up here, Revelation 1, verse 3. <clears throat> Blessed is he that readeth 
And they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep these things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Let me bring up my beautiful face there. I know those on social media would just hate not to be able to see that. <laughs> when we look at Revelation 1-3 here, you know, you got to think at this time when this was written uh, that uh, the Bible wasn't readily available uh, to a lot of people. And uh, basically, when you read in the New Testament, Jesus is, is oftentimes quoting the Old Testament because obviously the New Testament was being written uh, in, in this manner. Uh, some have even speculated that uh, Revelation was a forgery. It's why John would put his, they didn't put John's name on it, but nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, we know that uh, Jesus showed uh, the things of Revelation to John, and John, uh, he saw those things and he wrote those down. So we know that this is true and this is real. For those who are not saved, uh, to read uh, Revelation may seem like a fairy tale, may not seem real, may not seem like reality. But to those who are saved, we can trust in God's promises. We know that uh, our victory, uh, this right here tells us, uh, when we look at Revelation, we know that our victory is secure in Jesus Christ. The Satan is revealed. We know that he will be conquered. And so it should bring us great comfort to read, uh, uh, no matter where you're at God's word, particularly in Revelation. I think Revelation scares a lot of people. It's hard to understand. And uh, it is... Uh, uh, not easy. I think there's a lot of pastors out there that shy away from it uh, because of the complexity uh, of these scriptures. Dad, uh, a few years back, had done a, a detailed uh, teaching in Revelation, and I think it was really good. In fact, um, I know that Willie Smith at the church in his class, they used the book Revelation Visualized, and uh, and he did an in-depth teaching on that. In my graduate studies, we had to do uh, uh, di different uh, expository uh, readings and, uh, uh, and and try to break some of these verses down, and it, it wasn't easy. I mean, I, there was times we thought we, we had it nailed down pretty good, and the professor, uh, you know, he we might have been close, but he had to uh, correct us on a few things. So it's, it's not always easy. But when we read God's word, we, we can hide this in our heart. We, we don't just, you know, we read it, but we need to uh, be productive with what we learn and with what we read. I think so many people, they read God's word, they understand its reality, they understand its truths, uh, but they're not applying it. Uh, and because there's so many times as a pastor and as a counselor, I've told people, here's what you need to read. Here's what you need to understand. Read this. Memorize it. Apply it to your lives. Yeah, okay, okay. And then, you know, two days later, I'm just distraught. I don't know what to do. No, no, I understand. I'm not making, I'm not minimizing uh, the issues of individuals who come to me for how I was pleased. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I empathize. I sympathize. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on because our, our warfare is not physical. It is emotional. It is spiritual. That's where the Lord wants to attack us. So please, by no means, I, I'm not minimizing anyone's uh, pain or, or spiritual walk by no stretch of imagination. My point is, I think a lot of people, they read it but they're not truly trusting, believing, and applying the words that are used in God's uh, word here. And so that we need to, when we read this, we have to trust in this. We have to understand its reality. We have to understand its truths. And what is said in here is real, and it will help us in our daily our day-to-day -day lives. And so we need to make it more applicable uh, in each and every situation, that when we're having anxiety, when we're having stress, we can look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7, uh, and 13. We can look at 2 Timothy 1, 7. We can look at, I mean, Romans 8, 28. We can look at, I mean, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I mean, there's so many verses 
that we can use uh, with worrying. You can look at Matthew 6, 25 through the end of the chapter. I mean, there's there's verses after verse after verse verse that can help us. Uh, I know in Revelation, coming with, dealing with the end times, I've been getting, obviously, uh, with everything going on, uh, an increase uh, in questions in regards to end times, the apocalypse, things of that nature. Uh, Want to know what dad's uh, thoughts are or my thoughts are. Uh, I even had uh, someone message me last night talking about this RFID chip that uh, that is, you know, I've been seeing the article going around that Bill Gates is wanting to chip everybody. Is that the mark of the beast? No, I, I don't believe that's the mark of the beast. I mean, it's always a possibility. It could be setting up. Uh, a uh, uh, the path uh, for something like that uh, because the mark of the beast you have to remember that is what is given uh, for allegiance to the Antichrist once the Antichrist is revealed then that is the mark that will be uh, given uh, showing your allegiance to to him and so uh, that could be a barcode it could uh, literally be a number it could be you know it could be because when you start breaking things down I mean would I get this RF, RFID chip no I, I have no desire to to plant something in my body like that I, I can see uh, medical benefits uh, you know and I can see even ways to uh, you know for children you know uh, to ensure safety if someone wants to kidnap them you use that chip and track them down I can see that people say well I don't want to be tracked <laughs> then you better throw your phone away because they can tell they know exactly where you're at uh, but uh, but you know you could people say people try to say credit cards debit cards could be a mark I mean a lot of things, you know, I don't think we're going to go to hell if you if you get a microchip put in your hand, by no stretch of imagination. Like I said, would I do it? No. Uh, but I've been seeing a lot of uh, erroneous things thrown out there in regards to end times uh, philosophies and theology. And, you know, uh, we have to be careful how we interpret different verses. That's why we have to have an exegetical approach to understand the proper hermeneutics as what how it is properly interpreted. It's not open for interpretation. It is how it's applied to the original audience, how we are to understand it and apply it to today. And so we have to be very careful between exegesis and eisegesis. Eisegesis is what you're wanting to put into that scripture, what you're wanting to put in that that verse to make it be what you want it to believe. Just like uh, uh, you've heard of uh, uh, Rick Warren and, and with uh, Saddleback. Uh, Dad had done a, a paper on him uh, for Oxford. And that's one thing that he discussed in his paper was the fact that Rick Warren would use any translation, use any version of the Bible he could find to substantiate what he once said which is wrong, we have to use uh, God's Word in proper application uh, to understand what he, what God's Word wants us to know and understand. Uh, now, when it comes to, and it's another thing I've been having, um, which is about, about different versions of the Bible. Are you King James only? Are you, you know, and I'm like, listen, there's nothing wrong. I like English Standard Version, and uh, I preach, and Dad and I, you know, we both preach out of King James Version, and Dad has his reasons. My main reason for preaching out of King James is because that's just what most people are used to. That's what you're comfortable with. Most majority of people have a King James Bible, and so when I use, say, English Standard Version, they're like, that's not what this is saying. It kind of throws them off a little bit. So uh, I like English Standard Version because it is um, more of the most accurate translation that you can get. I really like the English Standard Reformation Bible, uh, really a study Bible. It really breaks those verses down and brings some understanding. I understand it comes from a, a Baptist viewpoint. So some of their, uh, particularly when it comes to end times, uh, when, it comes, when it comes to premillennial, all-millennial, uh, post-millennial views, they're going to be a little different maybe from what uh, we believe, particularly with pre-trib and post-tribulation viewpoints. They may differ a little bit there. But for the most part, it is the most, uh, as far as the scriptures goes, it is the most accurate. 
New Living Translation is good. A little more of a paraphrase, but we have to understand that. But anyway, so we understand, you know, that, uh, you know, it's okay to read different versions of the Bible. There's nothing wrong with that, but make sure how you are applying it. You know, just like yesterday on Fox News, it really, um, uh, I, after Easter sunrise, I come home and Brandy made breakfast and then the news was on and they were interviewing different pastors in regards to how they're handling uh, this in, the, in this, this virtual reality uh, of uh, doing church uh, since we're not able to really congregate in person. And, uh, and of course, he had, um, uh, was it David Jeremiah, I think it was? Uh, he's, he's really good. I like some of his stuff. And, uh, but yeah, they also had some woman on there. Now, uh, I really, it, it bugs the daylights out of me because, uh, you know, this woman's claiming to be a pastor. And that just it, just, it just really sticks in my craw because I can't understand if you're claiming to be a pastor, if you're claiming that you love God, love Jesus Christ, which I don't doubt that this woman may love the Lord. You know, she may be saved. I'm not saying that she isn't saved. But how can you claim to be a pastor but totally gloss over the fact that women are supposed to be pastors? I mean, I, if you're going to, uh, uh, you know, like I said, the difference between exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis is what the, what the Bible says, what it really means, and how we are to apply it. Eisegesis is what you wanted to say. That's exactly what this woman's doing, is using an eisegesis approach for to say what she wants us to say so she can do what she wants to do. Uh, you know, and uh, female pastors is unbi unbiblical. You may not agree with that. I don't care because that's what God's Word says. There's a lot of things that I that God's Word says that people don't like or agree with, but it doesn't change the fact of reality. Is she allowed to teach? Sure. Can she be a missionary? Sure. Can she, you know, there's nothing wrong with those kind of things. Uh, but to be at the head of the church is wrong uh, because uh, we see this in, in Timothy where he talks about this, that to be the husband of one wife uh, to, and it gives a list of, of, of an elder and what those positions are and a man is, is to be the head of the church this is God is the head who is the groom, who, where the church is the bride and so it is wrong and so if she's going to gloss over uh, that so she can do what she wants to do uh, how many other verses is this woman glossing over? Is she glossing over homosexuality? Big controversial thing. Well, if she if if she can gloss over that, she can gloss over something else. Abortion. What is what, Where does it end? If you have one problem with one part of the Bible, you're gonna have a problem with the whole uh, part of the Bible. So, I'm not. Uh, uh, you know, I'll probably make some people mad this morning. Uh, but you know, uh, it's just the, the fact. Of the matter is, when we read God's word. We have to uh, understand it literally, unless it's metaphorical allegory, which is pretty obvious when those instances uh, are are there. We need to take it literal. If you're having trouble understanding God's word, a lot of times if you read the verses above and below, a verse that doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes will come clear when you read it in its full context. Uh, but when we read God's word, let's make sure that we are applying it daily, particularly in these times. You know, where, where a lot of people are getting a, a daily dose of, of uh, these uh, uh, apocalyptic end-time articles uh, that are just wrong, uh, and, uh, or uh, they're, they're, they're spreading uh, lies in regards to what's going on with this virus and, and our country, and it, they're not doing the proper research. And, and you know, it's just people are, are preying on your fears right now. They're preying on your emotions right now. And it, it amazes me how so many people will listen and believe an erroneous article, which one Google search can tell you right away it's wrong and, and, and ludicrous, but they have more belief in that than they do in God's Word. That, that's just a, a, 
blows my mind. If, if we should, if nothing, if I don't care what the internet says, and I know this is crazy, but the internet, not everything you see on there is true. I, I know I blowed your mind this morning. In fact, we was driving around yesterday just to, yeah, the house go for a little ride. Brandy said she saw something in the pond, in this pond that we drove by, and I said, it's the Loch Ness Monster, Brandy. I said, I saw it on the internet. Bigfoot riding on the Loch Ness Monster, shooting an AR-15. It was on the internet. has to be true. <laughs> so, you know, we got to, you know, we got to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt. But when it comes to God's Word, let's read it. Let's apply it. Blessed is he that reads this. Reads this aloud and applies it to the heart. Blessed are these individuals. That's what we're seeing here in Revelation 1-3. We need to read this. We need to apply it. We need to, you know, we don't need to give lip service to God alone. That we are making it applicable and we are doing something. And so that's what we need to make sure that we are reading it, we are applying it, we are doing it, and it's going beyond that lip service. And so that's why we need to, uh, when we read God's Word, take it to heart. You know, when we read, your anxiety is up to here, and you read Philippians 4, 6, and 7 to be anxious for nothing. Be, uh, prayer, supplication, let requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Regard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When you read that, be like, oh, that, that's good. And go on, and they'll be like, all right, that's awesome, man. I don't need to be anxious or scared about nothing. God's words tell me here that, 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 hey, his peace is going to fill me. Take it to heart. Use it. Apply it. You know, that's why, you know, you look at kids, you tell them something, but they get it, they understand it, and, and they, I mean, they believe it. That's If you say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Believe it. If it says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, and, and apply that. Don't gloss over it. Read it. Be like, well, that's good, but I'm still scared to death. Well, <laughs> that don't make no sense. It's double talk. You know, the people in the world want to say that this is a book of fairy tales. Man, it's nothing to be further from the truth. It has proved itself time and time again over thousands of years that nobody's been able to tear it down. People say, well, it's been written by men. Yes, it's been written by men. Your history book's been written by men. Does that mean George Washington didn't uh, exist? Well, it's crazy. The, the, the translators were very careful how they translated it. They may have countered every word, every syllable, every jot, every tittle. And if they, the, 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 they, the scribes, if they got almost to the end and they messed up on one word, they throw the whole manuscript away and start over again. The Qumran community, uh, when we see the, the scrolls that were found there, that uh, back to Isaiah, Jeremiah, I think Esther, uh, and then we see uh, here recently there was another find. And everything that we see having our Bibles today, nothing, I think that's when way God reveals that, hey, nothing's been lost in translation. And despite what the world and man may say, nothing has been lost. We have the Craig Bible. Are there lost books of the Bible? No. The, the uh, church fathers understood what was inspired and what isn't. Inspired means God breathed into them. They wasn't just automatons. They were able to use uh, their personalities to come through when they wrote, but it was inspired. Uh, all these books that uh, people try to say were these lost books of the Bible, they proved were forgeries, were proved uh, to be plagiarized, were proved to not to be inspired. That's why they were not included. So we have the books that God wants us to have and to know and to learn and to understand. And so we need to apply it and use it daily. Kimberly Clark says, God is, 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 the, is the same today as yesterday. He said what he said. It doesn't change. Amen, Miss Kimberly. That's true. Debbie says, there was a church in Greenville that Alan and I attended before we moved and was looking forward to returning when we moved back until we found out the pastor had moved on. It was a place with a woman. Wow, disappointed, yes, but God's word is his word. It's not a woman's place. I agree, Debbie. And like I said, it's not to minimize, it's not to say that a woman can't love the Lord. It's not to say that a woman can't serve God in many capacities and teaching and, and, and ministry in, in a million different ways, but they are not to be pastors. In a world, in, in a today's society where it's, uh, 
Uh, you know, I'm not trying to put women down, but, you know, in any way, I, I, like I said, I tell my little girl to be strong. She can be anything she wants to be and not take no bull off an old man or anybody else. I tell her that. But in a today's society, it's all about female empowerment. And it's like uh, they want women to be masculine. They want men to be feminine. I mean, it's a commercial of the day showed a man crocheting, which that's fine. If you want to crochet, that's, that's your bill. I'm saying you're not less of a man if you do. But it, it's, it's the point of what they were trying to portray. The, the woman's strong, the man uh, more feminized. And that's not how it's set up. God, men are to be protectors. They are to take care of their home. It's not to say that women can't be strong. But see, my point is, when you see this kind of thing, and, and, and it's everything you know, a, a man, a, a woman can do what a man can do, which is a fallacy. Women can do what men can't do. That's why we complement each other. Uh, is the fact that when I say that there shouldn't be women pastors, whoo, buddy, that's when heads explode. Don't you tell me, you know, that's the whole thing because uh, we're, we're in this, this, this area of our society uh, that if you were to say that a woman is not allowed to do something, then I'm automatically a misogynist. I'm automatically hate women. That's not further, could be further from the truth. I think women Women are beautiful and wonderful uh, that how God has created them and made them and they are, are fascinating and how they think and look and see and perceive things it's a wonderful and beautiful thing and I think the world is robbing women of their femininity and that should be a concern for a lot of women uh, so that's my point in that and so that um, uh, I also I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to put women down by any stretch of the imagination but there's a way that God set these things up the girl in the, in God, in the world is robbing of what God God has ordained. And so uh, Donna says, great devotion, great explaining, totally great. Thank you, Donna. So uh, uh, God's word is clear that, uh, about that in regards to uh, female pastors. But my point is this morning, let's make sure that we're reading God's word, that we're applying it, and we're using it for his glory each and every day. We're not just giving lip service, but we're using it each and every day. That when God's word says something, we could take it to heart. If God is forced, who could be against us? Hey, man, what, what can man do to me? Man, what are we afraid of? What are we scared of? Don't be afraid of end times. Are we living in end times? I agree. Is this the end time that... Jesus is coming back. I don't know. I can't sit here and say that Jesus is coming back tomorrow or next week or next month. He may come right this second. He may come later today. I don't know. But the thing of it is, you keep your yourself ready and prepared for when he does. And that way, when he does read, when we come to rapture us out of here, all right, to, to be caught up, rapturos, where we get the word rapture, uh, that we're ready. So be ready. And if it's end times, you got nothing to fear. Let's use it. Let's read it and believe what it tells us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and blessed day, this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Help us, Lord, to apply your word to our hearts daily. Not just like give lip service, but put it into action. Lord, for anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God and watch you protect us this day. Be with those who are dealing with various sicknesses, uh, Lord, that you will uh, yeah, bring healing upon them. I want to lift up our, our sister in Christ, Kim Penix, Lord, and I pray healing and peace upon her and strength and her husband, Robert. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you bless her family. Be with Ginger Hood and Linda Feathers. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you be, continue to be with the Trivet family. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Murph and bring healing upon him. Uh, Lord, there was uh, several prayer requests I received uh, yesterday and this morning, and I apologize for not being able to recall those, but you know the hearts and minds, and I pray that you will intervene in those situations as well. Lord, thank you for our doctors, our nurses, uh, our um, uh, police officers, the military. Let them know their love, needed, and appreciated. Be with our president, Lord, and give him wisdom, discernment uh, in this difficult time. 
protection about him and his family. Lord, I know we're in the end times, and I pray that you'll touch hearts and minds like never before. They'll come to know you before it's too late. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals watching this morning. Hope you have a great day today and a fantabulous day. I just want to give a friendly reminder that uh, if you have friends or family who might like to watch these devotions, they can find me on Facebook at Dr. Young 77 If they don't do Facebook, they can find me on YouTube at Dr. Matthias Young. They can watch these um, devotions and uh, uh, each and every day, just like you're watching right here on, on social media. And uh, or you can uh, find uh, find me uh, on uh, the Dark Young Chronicles Apple iTunes podcast, free of charge, audio only. You can listen to the daily devotions, sermons from Sunday and Wednesdays, and uh, we have our podcast. Brandon and I do every Saturday at six o'clock. We need to do one this Saturday because of uh, Easter, but uh, just too busy. But um, so uh, you can tune into that. No video, just audio only. Tune in and listen anytime. So everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. Hope you all have a blessed day.